we are in a series where we're going through the book of Mark, and we are in Mark chapter 4. We've only made it to chapter 4 after a couple of months now. Um, But we're journeying through it, and what we're doing is we're looking at the ways that Jesus interacted with his disciples, the ways that he interacted with random people that he encountered as they were going along the way, right, as they're journeying, um, as he was preaching from town to town, as he was... um, beginning to share what the gospel is, what the kingdom of God looks like. And, um, and so we're in chapter 4, it's verse 21 through 34, I believe it is. I think I might have put it wrong in there. Um, but in the digital bulletin, the whole passage is there. You guys can scroll down to it, and you're going to need that in a little bit um, if you want to continue on with it. Um, and so I just invite you to have a pen ready. We're going to take some notes, some things that you're going to have to write down. Um, not things that I say, but things that God says to you. So um, I'll explain that in a little bit. So this week, um, before we get into this passage... Uh, raise your hand if you watched an interview between Mark Zuckerberg and Gary Vee. And if you have no idea, okay, so two of us. So the rest of you, I'll fill you in really quick. Um, I'll give you the, the highlights, the spark notes of this one. Um, I've always been intrigued with what happens with social media and what happens in our world as far as culture and where things shift and, um, and how the church um, is intertwined in that a lot of times, right? Um, and so I was watching this. It's a very popular, like, 33 minutes of uh, Gary Vee, who's kind of this guru when it comes to, like, social media and um, finding kind of, like, your calling. But he wouldn't say that because he's not a Christian. Um, so I wouldn't advocate for any of these guys. But um, but the interview really reflects really where our culture's at. And... Um, and Mark Zuckerberg, with all the, the failures and things we've discovered recently about Facebook, um, has still continued to press on and still is going to be a force to be reckoned with in our culture. And, um, and if you want to just really kind of see where things are heading with like social media platforms, I would encourage you to watch it. But um, really, it's been super interesting to watch how Mark Zuckerberg's response to where we're going in the future is how to connect together. He's all about connecting. And you, your initial response is like, yeah, he wants to connect people because he wants to make money, right? That's naturally what it is. But we all buy into it, or at least our culture buys into it, and says, that's how we connect, right? And so he's like the next phase of connection um, because we've gone from, di- from, like when we started having internet, we connected through text, right? So like written words. That's how we connected with email, whatever it was. Um, And then when smartphones started to have cameras and video, we started to connect through video and photos, right? Um, And there's this like progression that he talks about. And then now he's saying the next thing is we're going to start to move into AR and VR, right? So like virtual reality. And so like you might be sitting here thinking the same thing I thought. I was like, no way, that's crazy. And I'll elaborate in a second. But um, AR is like augmented reality. So that's like... I don't know if you guys have played Pokemon Go, right? So, like, that's augmented. Like, you hold your phone and you see things that don't exist in this room. There's actually, a, like, what is it in the parking lot? There's a station or whatever for... Yeah, so there you go. He's like, come on, you don't even know? Um, so I see people wandering in our parking lot quite often. They're just, like, looking around with their phones, and I'm like, yeah, I know what you're doing. Um, but, um, but really, it's, it's going to go that direction because now you can hold up your phone, and the image I chose there was because you can hold up your phone and begin to look at things and go like, oh, that camera's worth you know, $2,000. It's a Sony whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's actually a Panasonic. But you can just hold up your phone and like see all these things because of this augmented reality. 
and begin to have this like way of looking at our world that's that's digital yet there physically and then there's all these layers that are going into it. and this is where like Zuckerberg's taking things and I'm like no way that's ridiculous and then I started to look into it a little more and I discovered that um, he thinks that like in the next three to five years that'll be normal that'll be kind of like a thing that we connect the same way we used to think like texting was weird right or we used to think that like you know facetiming with somebody was like weird some of you still are like that is weird um, but it's connecting us, but it's not really connecting us is where I'm going with this. And, um, and one of the ways that this is really blown up, like if you don't believe me that this has really taken off, concerts now have gone online, right? So like some of you guys probably know who Travis Scott is. Like he's a really famous rapper, like one of the biggest, right? He did an online concert, right, through um, Fortnite and had 12.3 million people in the audience. So think about that. Like, think about going to a concert that normally has thousands, right? And the biggest stadium is like 50,000, 60,000, something like that. He had 12.3 million people in the audience digitally. How crazy is that? Like, you think about how people are interacting and how they're interacting with artists and all these different things. We have to acknowledge that these are ways that people are starting to connect. And I use finger quotes because I think that we're fed this false connection. And we continue to, to, like, our culture will continue to evolve in different ways and connect, finger quotes, in different ways. And I think we need to be observant of that because we think that that is connecting us, but it really, I believe that it doesn't. Um, what we see here in this passage as we're going we're gonna to read and dig into this um, is... Jesus describing a way of communicating and a way of connecting to God in a very, how would I put it, artistic way, all right? Um, These ways that we think that we're connecting online, sometimes they have an element to them that is good, but many of you know there's nothing that beats sitting in the same room with somebody and having a meal with them, right? Like there's something that's so much more precious and valuable and the connection that happens that's so much more important, right? That like when you eat with them, you remember that meal. I talked about that last week and how crucial these meals and like times of interacting and connecting like through honest conversation, how good that can be for our soul. And what Jesus does here is he begins to communicate in a way that is unique, okay? And the way that he does that is through parables. This would have been storytelling back in the day. And so we're going to dig into this a little bit, and I'm going to go to the very last passage. Um, We're going to start at the end of the passage and then work our way back through it. All right, you ready? Chapter 4, verse 33 and 34. Mark wants to communicate to us, and Mark is the writer of this gospel. People would have been reading this gospel and going like, tell me more about this Jesus. Like, who is he? What's he all about? He starts out with this. Oh, ends with this, technically starts out in my, my opinion. Okay, so he says, with many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything. Can you turn me down just a little bit so I can yell louder? Sorry. <laughs> um, He spoke in parables, in these stories, this format that would have been unique, right? Um, That would have spoken about something else that captured people's attention, that got people to lean in and go, what's he talking about? Where's he going with this? 
And then it says that he then, when, he's, when he was with his disciples, sat with them and explained them even more. So he would say things that would get people's attention, right? So they'd lean in and go, wow, that was awesome. What was that all about? And then the people that really cared could then go in and really sit with him in a personal conversation and begin to learn and understand more about it. And so when you see, um, when you see these stories that he's about to tell, when you guys, when we read through them, um, and I'm actually going to ask for a couple volunteers. This is going to be, I'm going to try something new today, okay? Um, he begins to capture people's imagination. And what I want to do is capture your imagination today. Because how often have you sat through a sermon or been in a teaching and had somebody teach at you the entire time? Someone telling you something and you're kind of thinking through it. And then these other thoughts pop in and you're like, what should we have for lunch? Like a burger sounds really good right now, right? And you start thinking about other things. And what Jesus does here is he tells a story that's meant to capture your imagination, not just mine and then me regurgitate my opinion about what it should be for you so that you could take it home and go, I need to be a better person this week. No, I don't want that. Like, and I think what sermons have done and what churches have done for so long is created this like one-way interaction. When in the reality is there's this thing called the Holy Spirit, which I know you're going to be like, that's crazy. But if you believe in VR and AR, you're already crazy, right? Like that stuff, if you ask somebody 20 years ago, they'd be like, what are you talking about? But we have it and exists, okay? So let me tell you about the Holy Spirit that is all around, right? And yet we still don't fully grasp that. And it still moves and still does amazing things in our lives. But if we're aware of that, and we do believe that that exists, then it's able to influence our minds, to speak to us and challenge us and speak into the real realities of our lives in ways that will transform us. So if we believe that God is real, that he's tangible, that he's here, that he's all around us, his Holy Spirit is working, then I believe these passages, these stories, 2,000 years later can still transform your lives. And it doesn't have to come from me. So what we're going to do is we're going to do this thing called Lectio Divina. Maybe you've heard of it. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of taking a risk doing this within church because it's going to take your engagement, not just my engagement right now. Um, but what I'm going to invite you to do is to read these short passages, the three stories he tells. And what I want you to do is use your imagination and begin to see what words stand out. Okay? So I'm going to read the first story. And what I want you to do is listen for a word or a phrase that captures your attention, that captures your curiosity. Okay? It'll be on the screen. You can follow it if you want. You can read it and begin to see. Um, maybe you can change the background so it's easier to read. Sorry, I don't know if I messed up that. Okay, so um, this is a little description of Lectio Divina before I read this passage, just so you know. Um, but it was this like monastic practice of reading scripture. Um, so the monks used to do this. This was like a, a, a daily practice that they had when they would open up scripture and they would read it. Um, and, um, and it was this way of like, interacting with the word of God that recognizes that God is here to speak, right? And, um, and so it wasn't just like a study, but it was also like this like living word that's going to engage us right here, right now. Um, so and it consists of four parts, reading, meditation, prayer, and contemplation. We're not going to do all of that in one setting. Um, I'm just going to give you like a boiled down version of it with two questions. So first passage, check this out. And we'll have the question at the top. Um, Listen for a word or phrase that catches your attention or curiosity. So this is the first story. A lamp on a stand. 
Okay, I'm going to read it. If you want to close your eyes, you can do that. If you want to read along and just watch for whatever words or phrase stands out, do that. Whatever works for you, okay? Um, and we'll get to the end of that. So here we go. A lamp on a stand. He said to them, do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on a stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. Consider carefully what you hear, he continued. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. So what words or phrases capture your attention? And this is where you can write it down, type it into your phone, um, whatever you need to do. But what word or phrase stands out to you right now? If anybody's willing, and this is where I'm taking a risk, engage with me. Are you willing to share that word or phrase that stands out to you? You don't have to describe it. You don't have to do anything other than what's the word or phrase that stands out to you? We're a small enough crew. We can do this sort of thing right now. Go for it. Right on. Right. And I'm not here to answer it. Here's what's awesome is we have a culture that's very intellectual that will say, what does that mean? Let me dig in. Let me unpack it. Let me get into the Hebrew and the Greek. And I'm just going to let it sit. So that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So don't feel the need to describe it. Go for it. Measure. Thank you. Go for it, Lindsay. In the open. See how God just spoke to every single one of us a little bit differently and how beautiful that is? And that this might be just the time that you need to hear that passage and somebody else may need to hear another part of that passage and, and that's how God speaks. So what I'm showing you here is that this is a way that we can study scripture without me, without a microphone. You can do this at home, you can do this during the week, you can do this anytime you want. So in the second part of it, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it again. But the second part is, what is it in my life right now that needs to hear this word? So what is it in your life, what part of your life needs to hear that word that stood out to you? So I'm going to read it again, and then think about it. Like, why is that thing, this is where you can start to wrestle with it and contemplate. Like, what is it that needs to connect to my life in this moment? He said to them, <clears throat> do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead... Don't you put it on a stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. Consider carefully what you hear, he continued. With the measure you see, it will be measured to you, and even more. Whatever, whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. So 
So this is where it begins to connect to your daily life and begin to think through how is that word or phrase connected to you personally right now? So I won't ask for you guys to respond because we have two more to go through. But let's go into the next one and then um, begin to see what happens with that. This is the parable of the growing seed. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up. The seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts a sickle to it because the harvest has come. So what word or phrase stands out to you in this one, if you're willing to shout that one out? Does not know how. Does not know how. All by itself. That's what stood out to me too. That's interesting. Harvest has come. It's awesome to see how God begins to speak to us when we creatively just allow his words to speak, allow him to speak into our lives, and the Holy Spirit is moving. So let me read it again, and then I want you to begin to think through what in your life right now needs to hear this word, what part of your life needs to hear this. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk and the head and the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. So this is where I'm going to be bold and ask, what part of your life needs to hear that phrase that stood out to you or that word that stood out to you? You can just be very short and simple. I don't want to get carried away for lack of time and be respectful of others, but what part of your life needs to hear that right now? I'm okay with awkward silence, as you can tell, because I believe that God works in those times of being quiet and reflectful. Reflecting on his word. Contemplative. Well, I would encourage you, if there's something that God spoke to you in, write it down. Type it into your phone. Take out your notepad on your phone and write in there in your notes. Um, because I think that's where the Holy Spirit's speaking to you. And that may be a sermon that I can't give to you right now, but God is speaking in your life. 
I know this is foreign. I know this is interesting and weird to do in church, but I think it's good and I think it's healthy because I think it gives us a very real thing to engage in our faith. So the third one, whatever word, phrase stands out to you, just pay attention. If you need to just close your eyes and listen, whatever you need to do, go for it. Um, But he says in this third parable, because again, this is Mark telling three stories that Jesus told. For some reason, he tells them these three in a row. The parable of the mustard seed. Again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? Is it like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth? Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. So this is how he describes the kingdom of God again. The parable of the mustard seed, the tiniest of seeds, then turns into this giant plant. So what word stood out in that? What word or phrase is God telling you? Smallest. Yep. It sums it up, doesn't it? Yet the largest. This is how he describes the kingdom of God. Unexpected. Goes from nothing that you would think is nothing, that you would just be kind of, it's kind of inconspicuous, like, yeah, it's just a tiny seed, to something that is taken over. And when you think about the early disciples, when they would have heard the kingdom of God being described this way, and they would have heard Jesus preaching and teaching and, try, and beginning to transform lives, for them to fast forward to today, imagine if they could sit here and then like open up one of our phones and begin to see the churches that are global, right? And the ways that God has moved through people's lives for hundreds of years and has reached like the far corners of the earth, they'd be like, wow, that is crazy to think of what Jesus has done in people's lives. This tiny mustard seed, he goes, this is what the kingdom of God is like. And for me, when I hear this passage, I'll just share from my perspective that I hear it and I think of it in the way that like God's word has spoken into my life. And I think it's something minor and something really like, oh, it's just a little word, like, like small or whatever, um, the smallest but then it begins to take root in my life like we talked about last week and then it begins to be this thing, this like, this force within my life that begins to transform me from the inside out that now I go like, I can't live without it. And we sing songs like we were singing, your love is strong, right? That I wouldn't have been singing that in high school. I would have been like, what are you talking about? God's love is not strong. I haven't experienced that in my own life. I've never even seen it. But the reason we did Lectio Divina is because I hope that you could begin to see it then. Not just me preach about it, not me talk about it from the front, but that you could tangibly see it in your life and go, yeah, God's love is strong because I've seen it now. And I think Lectio Divina is one of those tools, one of those ways that you can use it however you want. You can switch the questions if you want, if you can make them more complex or less, whatever. But the simplicity of it is what's beautiful is that you can just sit with a passage 
and God will speak to us if we are open. And one of the things that he says in the passage before, he says, those who have ears, what does he say? Let them hear. Like, and that's the reason he's told stories. He's like, if I tell you a story, if I give you the answer right off the bat, you might go, that's cool, and then move on. But he said, if I tell you a story in a very interesting format, maybe you'll go, oh, maybe there's something more to this. Maybe there's something more significant. And then you begin to lean in and go, oh, I want to le- learn more about that. And it says at the very end, like I said at the very beginning, so now we're circling on the background. He sat with his disciples face to face and explained everything later and began to have these conversations where they began to go, oh, let me ask a question about that. What did you mean by the, the seed being just a tiny kernel and then like growing up and getting big? Like, I'm sure he began to describe the whole kingdom of God and what that looks like in person, the personal connection. And that's why I started out with like talking about like social media and all that stuff and all these different platforms that exist is like, those will never be nearly as powerful as a connection that you have with a person where you sit in front of them and you interact and have a conversation. And they'll never replace the interaction you can have with God where you can sit there and begin to listen to him and he'll speak to your heart. Those will never replace it. So I encourage you, Take some time. I'll let passages like this, it doesn't have to be these ones, like take any passage you want, read it, and begin to let it wash over you and begin to see how God speaks to you through these passages where he says, those who have ears, let them hear. Um, my question that I want to close with um, and that I want to leave with you guys is, uh, what makes it difficult to hear from God? Because we do live in a very saturated culture that pulls us in so many di- different directions, but what makes it difficult for you to hear God? And the first question of that is, like, what, like, how are the ears of your heart? Like, are they open? Are you willing to hear these things? Um, do you feel like there's a requirement on how you hear from God? Like, do you need to come to church to hear from God? Um, do you need certain people to interpret things? I'm sure there's, there's space for that. There's good space for studying and coming together and gathering. Um, but during the week, there's six days that you're not here, and you're not here worshiping and with us. Um, there has to be an interaction with God the rest of the time. And that's what we would invite you to because we believe that that will truly transform us. And that'll make you experience life to the full that Jesus kept talking about and teaching his disciples about. They're like, there's this way of living and it's so good. I want you to experience it. But you have to have this open heart to really engage with it and really like let it work in your life. Um, when it's challenging, when it's good, when it's questioning all these different things and so what makes it difficult for you to hear from God Um, wrestle with that this week Um, we're going to take some time if you need to sit here and reflect on that um, you're welcome to stay in your seat Um, but we're going to end the service with some time of just greeting and so if you want to go to the back grab some coffee um, or whatever back there spend some time just meeting some people and um, kind of just sharing life what you got going on what you've been doing trying to meet somebody new but if you need to sit here like if you want to move forward to the, one of the front seats Matt will play for a few minutes we leave these last five minutes in our service intentionally just to reflect to sit and go you know what I need to think about what I just heard I need to think about what the scripture tells me or maybe there's a word or a phrase that God was speaking to you let that sink in like don't rush away from that let it sink in and let it be something that you write notes about or that you think and 
engage with God about, whatever it is. Um, so if you need to move forward, do that. Take a couple minutes. If not, um, we'll, uh, we'll have some time to greet each other and say hi and meet one another. So um, let me pray, and uh, yeah, we'll read our, our blessing. Lord, Father, we just thank you so much for your word. I thank you for each and every person in here and just the ways that uh, you're engaging us. God, you're constantly trying to uh, pull us to you and speak truth and life into us. I just feel like sometimes we get so busy. And so um, help us to slow down a bit and to hear your voice. Um, May these practices of Lectio Divina be something that just um, is something that's ingrained in us, that we want to hear from you because we know that that will ultimately transform us from the inside out. So we love you, Jesus, and I thank you for each and every person. As we go into the rest of this day, um, we'd experience you more and more. We pray this in your name. Amen. Free to greet and say hi.